Hey, Ruby here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 265 on August 14th, 2020. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get on to the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partner's. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Just click the orange Become a Patron button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits. Just click the blue Donate button. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. (laughs) So first, I'm going to jump right into letters and responses and things, and I have a response to the guy who had the really long, amazing story about the manly man thing, right? This was a couple of podcasts ago. Here we go. Let me just say that the letter from the manly man's man, married for 10 years, when the words came out, her, you're going to be my girl, I actually had to reach out to a nearby standing shelf as my knees, no, my quadriceps, hamstrings, gluteus maximus et al. were as struck by lightning sent by Thor himself. I think I actually had the most unique mental orgasm in my life. It was not the familiar combination with a rush of blood to the crotch with tingling, etc. Not even the rare hands-free orgasm from edging the mind and prostate. As if in a separate dimension, my cognitive fortress fell as a house of cards. An utter miracle of a confessional letter. Thank you for the personal touch, choice, and use of intonation and pause to deliver the great letter. A thank you to him for the perfect prose and structure, and of course, to her. What a line, what a celestial embodiment of goddess and significant other intertwined. Bloody hell. (laughs) Yes, the manly man... (laughs) The Manly Man letter was quite inspiring, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for that feedback. Thank you for that reply. And I hope the letter writer of the Manly Man's letter and his partner enjoy that. Here's my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I hope you're well. Recently, you have been talking about two toys that we own, and I wanted to give you some feedback about them because they're fantastic, and they've given us a lot of satisfaction. The toys are the Godmiche Adam and the strap-on-me double-vibrating dildo. We knew about them in one of your webinars. I think it was the advanced one, and we are so happy that we took that webinar because it's been a game-changer for us and very entertaining. You are an excellent communicator. Since the beginning of our pegging journey, I have had some issues thinking that I was selfish by wanting my wife to peg me. I thought that she did it just for me. We had a lot of conversations because I needed reassurance, and she has always said that it is fun and that she loves giving me such pleasure, but I have always considered pegging a chore for her. I know that I should have trusted her word, and from an intellectual point of view, I did, but my gut told me different. Then the new toys arrived and changed everything. The first one that we bought was the Godmiche Adam, a beautiful dildo with awesome colors and much bigger than the one we had been using, 
which is a blush novelty's Avant D3, 7 inch insertable and 1.7 inches in diameter. We thought that the Godmiche was just 1 inch longer, which is fine, but with the same diameter. But when it arrived, it was so much bigger. The shaft is the right measure, but the head gets up to almost 2 inches. It is a pretty big toy for us. Needless to say that I was very worried about not being able to take it. But it is squishier than the old one, and with some training, I was able to take it. I believe that this one is about the maximum I would be able to take ever. I need a bit of work to get the head in when we peg, but oh boy, once it's inside, this dildo makes me come very quick. It is very smooth, and the extra length gives my wife creative ways to have fun. She sometimes fucks me, not inserting the whole dildo, and when I'm about to come, she surprises me with the extra length, giving me the best orgasm to date. It is very good also for doggy style, because even though the dildo has no curve at all, it is soft enough to not be uncomfortable. After a while, we bought the strap-on-me double vibrating dildo, XL, and when it came, I thought that I would not enjoy this one as much as I thought because it is smaller. The receiver insertable part is just 6.3 inches, which is very short for me. The diameter is also not very impressive, with 1.6 inches in the shaft and 1.7 inches in the head. But two things make up for the smaller size. The first one is that the motors are awesome, rumbly, and powerful, which gave me a lot of good sensations. The second one is that even though my wife didn't reach an orgasm, she was enjoying a lot the pleasure that this dildo gave to her, and it was so noticeable. She was fucking me in missionary style and just watching her with her almost orgasm face triggered my orgasm as well. Kudos to the manufacturer of this dildo, really. I asked after using the double which one she likes the most, and she told me that she likes a lot the double because it finally gives physical pleasure to her, but also she loves the single because it is bigger. It is so cool as I was a bit ashamed of wanting a bigger dildo, and knowing that she actually enjoys fucking me with a bigger one is not only sexy as hell for me, but also very reassuring. She also wants to buy another Godmiche, but in white silicone with red hearts. She thinks that is so cute, and I want her to have the best experience, so needless to say that I will buy it for her as soon as I can. After this last conversation, I finally truly believe that she enjoys fucking me, and it feels so good. No more pressure and no more guilty burden. Thank you, Ruby, yet again. You have helped us to improve our sexual experience, and the work that you do is so helpful for so many people. I wish that more of your followers would consider supporting you via Patreon or webinars, because people like you is what this ill society really needs. Hugs, Rafa. <laughs> Rafa, we have heard from you a number of times, and I I can't tell you how thrilled I am to hear the update. More than anything, I am thrilled for you of the release of that burden of guilt and thinking that your wife was only doing this for you. And thank you for the review of both the toys. It's quite possible you've heard me refer to the company of the longer and bigger dildo as uh, go to Meish, and I was totally <laughs> butchering the pronunciation. I discovered this because I was at their website and I listened to a couple of their videos. I watched a couple of their videos and the audio clearly was what gave me the correct pronunciation. So yes, it is Godmiche. So uh, that's the Atom and you can get the Atom in any colors you want. They have pearlescent. They have regular colors. You can mix them. You can put sparkles in. It's really quite a fun endeavor to make a toy for yourself. And I did see the one that your wife is talking about, which is kind of a milky clear-ish silicone with red hearts floating in it. It is very cool. And the strap on me vibrating is getting rave reviews everywhere. That thing is flying off the shelves. Goodness sakes. I may get a chance to cross paths with one of my play partners within the next mm, about a month, month from now. So I am very much looking forward to that. And of course, I will update you because that is the first toy I'm going to pull out. <laughs> so yay. You know, there are a lot of levels of shame. There's wanting to be fucked in the first place. 
There's wanting to be fucked and feeling guilty that perhaps your partner's just doing it for you and they're not really getting a lot out of it, or that they really don't, but they'll do it because you want it. There's some shame attached with that. And then you elaborated on the shame of wanting a bigger toy. It's kind of like, yeah, I want a bigger one. And actually being a little shamed about that. Oh, I'm so glad. Let go of the shame. Let go of the shame. Enjoy the toys and enjoy your wife. I am really happy for you guys. <laughs> Thanks for the letter. Here's my next one. Hey Ruby, I just discovered your website and podcast. Thanks for the work you do. I've had an experience which may be instructive to your listeners, and perhaps even to you. I am a 70-year-old male, and have been engaging in anal play and pegging with my female partner for 15 years or more. 13 years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and underwent surgical removal of the prostate. I am cancer-free, all is well, but you can see that I have pegging experience both before and after having a prostate. The prostate stimulation I had 15 years ago while pegging was wonderful, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I never had prostate orgasms, but I loved the feeling of a dildo in my ass attached to my partner. We had the usual learning curve, but loved all of the exploration, intimacy, and the sacred space we created between us. After the operation, many things had changed. My erectile function is occasionally problematic, mostly by being unpredictable and chaotic, especially in the beginning. It has smoothed out over the years, but remains difficult at times. I'm a top as well as a bottom, so I use Cialis if a weekend is planned, and am still able to fuck my partner's ass, which requires a firmer erection. My recovery time is longer, which can be frustrating. Early on, I was worried that anal penetration might be either impossible or non-pleasurable. Nothing could be less true. Being pegged without a prostate feels wonderful, maybe better than before. I can surrender to the full anal experience without input from the prostate. Toys go in easily, and I let my butt whore shine. <laughs> we have a full range of play, including enemas, rimming, digital, and many different handheld toys, which we use to dilate and pleasure each other prior to full penetration with the harness or my cock. We both love prepping the other and take our time with each step. I am able to orgasm from penile stimulation with the dildo in my ass, which is excruciating and intense. This is best accomplished from cowboy position, riding her as she lays on the floor and jacks me off. I said orgasm, but I do not ejaculate. It is a completely dry event. The feelings are the same for me. There's just no semen, because all the parts that produce it are gone. I don't miss it at all. My message for older listeners, or for men who face the surgery, is that life goes on, pegging goes on, and the ass is still a divine playground for me. I hope this may prove useful to your community. Keep improving the world one ass at a time. Oh, I am so glad you wrote this in and got really specific about your experience because this is a question that I have encountered before. And I recall consulting a man that I knew had had his prostate taken out and was a fan of pegging on the Aneros forum, and he was kind enough to write a letter to me basically describing his experience post-surgery. Both of you have said that, yes, it is absolutely still pleasurable. He gave me some estimations of percentages, like it was about this percentage as pleasurable as it was before, but he also, and you alluded to this, he talked about the intimacy and how having his wife penetrate him was an incredibly intimate thing that he very much treasured, so it kind of made up for maybe having a little bit less pleasure, which was the case in his situation. So thank you so much for that letter. I'm going to connect all these up in the Linkorama. Yours is wonderfully valuable. I'm also going to put a link to the podcast that has that letter from the previous guy who I just described. And yes, the more I hear from various men now and again, the prostate removal is something that will not necessarily at all prevent you from continuing to enjoy pegging. And I suspect that even if you have never explored pegging and you have your prostate removed and then you find out about it and decide to explore it, there is still a whole bunch of pleasure to be had because, you know, there are so many pleasure receptors right there at the opening of the rectum that that can really give you a thrill as well. 
Thanks again so much for this letter. I appreciate you sending it in. So this next one is a Facebook direct message. Once again, I am cleaning up all the messages I got on Facebook that I had not yet used in a podcast. Hi, Ruby. I hope all is well and safe. I listened to your episode 112. Thank you so much for your information and perspective. I wish my partner sent me your podcast versus accidentally finding his plug. My concern is why would he lie? I thought we were open and adventurous. How would you move past the feeling of mistrust? He has apologized since, but the lack of honesty has turned me off from the idea. Okay, so this was a follow-up message because this person had found a plug of their husband's and took offense at this clearly. So this is the response I have to that. If you're embarrassed about something, if you have a lot of shame about something, which is a very common place to be for receivers, it is quite easy to make the decision to hide something rather than deal with a reaction that you are a bit afraid of. You don't really know how your partner is going to react, and then there's quite a possibility that they may have a very strong reaction, including, at the very worst, rejecting you or rejecting that particular sexual activity that you are exploring and enjoying and having fun with. This would be why partners choose to hide things. I'm not saying it's a good idea, trying to help you understand it, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of, hmm, what's the word I need here? I wouldn't give that a lot of strength. I wouldn't put a lot of importance on the fact that he was hiding it. You seem to feel that the fact that he was hiding it means he betrayed you. I would argue against that. I would say the biggest reason your partner hid that was probably because he was embarrassed and he felt shame and he thought you were going to have a bad reaction to it. So yes, I understand that it would have been better if he would have been the one to send you the link to podcast number 112 so that you could listen to that and get past any misconceptions or myths that you had about male receptive anal play. But he kind of did the best he could, and I urge you to just take a deep breath and let that go and be open to exploring it. I think that sometimes partners hide things from each other for good reason. I think that sometimes partners hide things from each other out of fear that their partners are going to react badly if they find out about whatever it is the person wants to hide. And I think that you just kind of have to take those on a one-off basis and look at them and, and try and decide what was your partner's intent here. Your partner's intent wasn't to harm you, their intent was to hide it because they were scared. They had fear of you reacting to things. So I would take it out of the category of a lack of honesty, and I would put it into the category more so of a lack of information, all wrapped up in that shame and embarrassment that he had about doing anal play. So yes, take a deep, deep breath. And here's what I would suggest that you guys do. I would suggest you come to him in a quiet moment uh, that feels good between you. Take both of his hands in yours, look him right in the eye and say, okay, look, I want to move past this and here is what I have to say to you. Whatever you want to explore sexually, whatever interests and desires you have in our sex life that you are interested in checking out, I give you full permission to come to me and tell me about them. And I want you to, because this is the way that we're going to explore new territory and find out new cool things that we can do together. And I think it's really important that we be able to express our desires to each other openly, without fear, without embarrassment, and without shame. And then I would suggest that you do the Mojo Upgrade. The Mojo Upgrade is a cool thing because what it is is you both get on the computer, you register, you connect your accounts, and then you take this quiz. And this quiz asks you if you would be interested in exploring a huge list of sexual stuff, okay? And some of it you're not going to be interested in, some of it you may be, and some of it absolutely not. So I think you get to choose yes, no, or maybe. Well, then it combines your list with your partner's list. 
and comes up with a list of things for you guys to explore. If there's ever anything that you have said no to, it doesn't appear on the list, whether you said no or whether your partner says no. So it's all composed of things that are yeses and maybes. What this would do for you as a couple is it would enable you to skip past all of the super scary conversations. For example, what if you liked dressing up in men's clothing and you were embarrassed about that and you didn't want to tell your partner about it? Well, that would be one conversation which you really had to screw up your courage and take a deep breath and let go of your fear and open your mouth and the words come out and you tell your husband that this is something that really turns you on and you're interested in. Well, maybe there's a bunch of those and each one carries with it potentially that fear, that risk of rejection, that fear of a reaction from your partner. It's much easier to have a list sitting in front of you. And it might still be a little bit difficult to talk about because this is really new territory and still there might be some embarrassment and stuff, but you already know that your partner has said yes or maybe to exploring that particular desire. So I urge you to go there and do that. And please take a deep breath, let him go for the lack of honesty, as you put it, and recognize it for its fear. He didn't want to be rejected by you. And have a great time exploring pegging. I encourage you to come to my webinar, the beginner's webinar, and attend that, and you'll learn all kinds of stuff. And that will set you off down a path of exploring a new sexual activity. Okay, thank you so much for the message. Here's an email. Me and my wife are using a Fuse Dildo 1.25. We want to go to the Fuse 1.5. What's the best way to get there? We've tried, but it's just too big. Hmm, well you don't give me many details, but a quarter inch upgrade is what I recommend in terms of, I don't recommend a half inch upgrade, quarter inch if you're sizing up and wanting to go up to the next bigger diameter, quarter inch is a good jump. Sometimes it takes more work for some than others. And work is perhaps not the best word because I think really it involves more relaxation than anything else. I would suggest you just do a lot, lot, lot more foreplay and make the foreplay the main event. Make the foreplay something that is extended and playful with fingers and smaller toys and definitely start off with the smaller dildo. Do some fucking with that for a while and then perhaps try the bigger one. Now, I don't know if you and your partner have taken my beginner's webinar, but one of the tips and techniques that I offer for givers is that when you are first penetrating with a toy, and it doesn't make any difference if you've had a ton of foreplay, if you've used a different toy already that's smaller, when you first approach that ass again with a new toy, you don't just shove it in. You push it in until there's a little bit of resistance. You keep in communication with your partner. And normally they're going to say, okay, hold up. Let me see if I can accept this. Because you're waiting for that inner sphincter to open. So sometimes that takes a little time. You need to stay in really good communication with each other. And also very importantly, depending on what position you're in sexually, see if you can picture this in your mind. Let's say you're in doggy position, okay? So when you approach his ass with this newer, bigger dildo, the giver needs to remember to be balanced and not be leaning into it. Because when that inner sphincter does open up, if you're leaning into it, you can just shoot right in there and bottom out. And it's quite unpleasant to go in that fast. But it's a matter of just going really, really slow. And sometimes it takes balance, it takes endurance, and you just have to be patient. Even if you just had that smaller dildo in there, even if you had two fingers in there, which is the diameter of the new toy you are trying to put in, you do not just push it in. Why? Because just a tiny bit of anxiety on the part of the receiver can make that sphincter close up a little bit again. So always approach the ass with respect when you have a new toy, a bigger toy, when you are first putting the toy in that's strapped onto you. Yes, this is the deal. So that is some good information for your partner in case she didn't know that. And beyond that, 
that's pretty much all the information I have. I would say keep trying, take it slow, lots of foreplay. Thank you for the message and good luck accepting that (laughs) 1.5. So here's a letter about positions. My girlfriend is short and thick. She likes pegging me. She's four foot eleven. I'm almost six foot. We need positions for both of us to be comfortable. This page has answered a lot of questions. Now, if I could find leather woman's panties that fit me, she would be extremely happy. And this is from Ryan. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, I don't know of leather women's panties. I imagine somebody makes them, but I'm not sure who, so I can't help you on that account. However... I'm going to put links to a couple of positions that I think would be really helpful for you. I'm going to try and describe them. One is called the T position. And what that is, is he's laying on his back. His knees are bent, okay, and drawn up. They're not necessarily separated. They can be actually close to being together. She is laying on her side and she's scooted up so that she sort of forms a T, if you will. He's the bottom part of it, and she's the top of the T. So she scoots up, inserts, and she's basically laying sideways, and his legs are bent up over her torso. That's a fun position, and more easy than a lot of other positions, because you're laying down on your side. You still do need some core strength, but that one should be something to try. The other one is one I call side saddle, so picture this. He is laying on his side. He has his upper leg drawn up and bent. She has one knee in between both of his legs and then one knee on the outside. So if you have shorter legs, this actually is a wonderful position because it puts you right at the height of the ass you want to fuck. (laughs) And the cock is somewhat accessible by either one of you uh, behind that drawn up knee. There is no eye contact or anything, but you can also, as the giver, put your hands on their hip to balance yourself. So that's a wonderful position for a large height discrepancy as well. Somebody wrote about a large height discrepancy on FetLife and I said, okay, so this whole thing about standing beside the bed and if you have a difference in leg lengths, that can be adjusted by putting her in heels. (laughs) I said, oh man, just don't even assume here. Do not assume that his legs are always going to be longer than hers. Coming from a woman who has a 36-inch inseam, let us not assume (laughs) that her legs are always shorter than his. (laughs) It made me laugh and made me chuckle because my experience in life has been so, so different. And let's see if I can think of another position for you to try. One more that I'm going to suggest that you check out is on the corner of the bed. And this is only going to work if you have a bed without a footboard. So picture a bed with just a mattress there. There's no wooden footboard or wooden frame that holds it that's going to be getting in your way. So if you have a bed like that and you come up to the corner of it and he is on the corner of it and he is face down and sort of draped over the corner of it, if you will, and depending on how high that bed is, she can usually come up and stand behind him or even kind of lay over him. And again, I'll have links to these. So this, you know, description that I'm trying to do and you trying to follow my words and create a picture in your mind is a little bit easier when you just click in and see the picture. So try those. Let me know how it goes. And if anybody listening has any suggestions for a big height discrepancy where the giver is much shorter and the receiver is much taller, please send them in and let us know which ones are your favorites because I'm compiling a list. So far I'm going to have a list for big height discrepancies in which the receiver is much taller and I'm also going to have a list for big beautiful bodied people. So actually I'm going to put out a request for the big beautiful bodied people to send in suggestions of their favorite positions too. This is something I want to add to my website because I get asked these questions a lot and I should have that compiled by now. And regarding the big beautiful bodies, sometimes the receiver will have this lovely large ass. Sometimes the giver will have a big beautiful belly. And sometimes you're going to have both. And if you are in a relationship, as far as height discrepancies are concerned, where you, the giver, are much taller than the very short receiver, absolutely I would like suggestions for that combination as well. Okay, so we got all kinds of things going on here. I hope those positions help. Again, let us know how they go. (laughs) Thanks for the question. 
Here is a story about a person's first experience. It's called Fuck by a Girl Cock One. Sort of leads you to believe there's going to be more than one here. <laughs> Age and drugs have pummeled my poor pecker, and it's been getting less and less reliable. I'm very good at getting ladies off, but I need to get off too. For some years now, I've been trying to find ways to do that without a fully functioning penis. I'm straight, which limits my options. I played with plugs and dildos and enemas and got interesting sensations, but usually not enough to get me off. I bought strap-on gear for my subby girls, but they were all horrified at the idea of topping me. Finally, I asked myself, who is the most transgressive woman among my friends? The obvious answer to that question was a brilliant and beautiful erotica author who happens to be less than half my age. I've admired her wit and writing for several years, but our one sexy encounter was not very successful. I called her up and I asked whether she would consider helping me explore a new perversion. Once I told her what, she was all in. So we met at a hotel room. I brought toys and harnesses and cleaned myself out before she arrived. When she did, we kissed and played with a few toys until I brought out the large red fieldo. It fit her comfortably, and she was able to walk with it easily. She's the only one I've ever met who holds a fieldo so easily. On her, it also looks hotter than hell. Once she had admired her new red cock, I asked her for a test drive. I lay down on my back on the bed and scooted down until I was almost falling off. She lubed up and acted a bit nervous. I coaxed her to come closer and fit the tip end into my ass. The red fieldo is one and five-eighths inch thick, so it's a bit larger than some. I'd practiced using it on myself, but for me that size is still attention-getting. I began squeezing to push the tip out a little, then relaxing to let her push it in a little further, repeatedly. However, at some point, the head popped through, and the whole thing jumped several inches inward, gulp. I grabbed both tits and worked them while she fucked me. I also talked sweet and dirty, which she liked a lot. I mixed both polarities, telling her how beautiful she and her tits were, and also asking sluttily if she was going to keep fucking me with her big cock. I didn't know what to do with my legs, so I mostly held them up or wrapped them around her. After 20 or 30 minutes, we weren't close to coming, so we quit. She fingered me to orgasm and took care of herself with the Hitachi. We cuddled and talked, and that was wonderful. Virgin no more. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that story of your first experience. It sounds like you set that up quite wonderfully. Absolutely. It's like, I want to explore this. And all of the women I know that are submissive are totally not into it. So here we go. I'm going to find somebody who is into it. <laughs> and yes, I do have to emphasize that. About 95% of women out there cannot hold the fieldo in without a harness. 95%, okay? And that's not just the fieldo. That is all doubles. The fieldo is the most well-known one, but those of you who listen to this podcast a lot will know that I don't recommend it because it was initially designed for lesbian sex, so you're going to get an angle that is basically vagina to vagina. It works okay in missionary position, but that juncture between the bulb that goes in the giver and the shaft that goes in the receiver is rigid, so you really can't bend it very easily at all, which limits the number of positions you can use that toy with. And again, 95% of users, of givers, cannot hold a double in without a harness. So I want to emphasize that really strongly. There are still people walking around out there who have not encountered my information, who haven't heard about it in other forums and other places, and still believe the mismarketing that the manufacturers are talking about. You know, something occurred to me the other day because I read the ad copy on one of these toys and it says it's designed to be held in without a harness. Well, you can design the fuck out of something, but if it doesn't work, it's a fucking poor design. Or, it's a wonderful toy, it just doesn't do that particular thing that you would like to be able to say it does. Ah, <sighs> yes. Anyway, I very much enjoyed your story. Thank you so much for sending it in. And this was sent in by Grumpa, <laughs> like G-R-U-M-P-P-A, Grumpa. <laughs> Thanks again. Here we are, pegging celebration time. <laughs> Thank you.
Hi, Ruby. Following on from our last message, we finally did it. By way of reminder, we are a young Kiwi couple living in Melbourne during a citywide lockdown, so very little to do here at the moment. It's taken a while for the wife to get used to the idea, but on Saturday, she pulled out the harness and gave it a try. It was so incredibly sexy. It wasn't a long session. I would say we tested the waters. It was unbelievable, though. I feel like our next encounter will be a little longer and thought out. The positions took a bit of getting used to, and it took a while to break me in, so to speak. Ha ha. Thank you for the kind words above, and feel free to play the music for a new pegging couple, (laughs) which I was very happy to do. Yay, nothing like a lockdown to get you to explore new sexual territory, huh? This is happening a fair amount. And the thing is, is even during a lockdown, if you don't have the equipment, you can order it, and it will be shipped to you, which is pretty darn cool. So this is beautiful. Often, first experiences are not the mind-blowing, amazing 15 orgasm things that you would expect from a porn clip, okay? They're more sort of finding your way. But you know, there's a beautiful vulnerability when you both try something brand new that you've never done before. It's new territory. So there's a vulnerability from both sides in that regard because you are doing that role reversal and she's taking on the typical role that you have during PIV and you're taking on the typical role that she has and it can deepen intimacy remarkably. I do encourage people to be realistic regarding your expectations of your first experience. I love how you said, yeah, we kind of tested the waters, but it was unbelievable. So yes, there was a part of you that was clearly really impressed. I'm glad that it went so well. I was happy to play the music for you. Congratulations. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to read you a succession of messages going back and forth between me and a man on FetLife. Hi, Ruby. I found your site and podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm really enjoying it. Besides your knowledge and insight, I am absolutely loving your sense of humor. I was listening on my earbuds at work today. Bad idea. Some of the letters you read are hot, and I'm really glad nobody called me into a meeting at the wrong moment. Could have been awkward. And you referenced an interview with a man who had sought out a pro. I couldn't find it on the Apple podcast list and was planning to message you to ask about a link. Well, thank you for providing it before I even asked, because your reply to someone was in the top of my feed here, and the links were in the piece of writing you referred him to. I'm not there yet, but the idea is definitely rattling around in my head, and I'd like to have a real point of reference if I make the decision to go that route. Just FYI, I found your site from your story, Power Play, on Literatica. I enjoyed that very much. Thank you again for all you do. May I message you here again if I run into more questions as I move forward in seeking out this experience. And I wrote him back. Glad you're enjoying the podcast. I do like to have fun and make myself laugh. When it amuses others, it's a (laughs) win-win. If you want to learn about pegging, I do offer free webinars. Here's the link. Your questions are welcome. Absolutely. His reply. Hi, Ruby. Thank you so much for the ad and the webinar invitation. I'm still trying to get my wife to listen to your four women episode. And if that happens and goes well, I would love to take that webinar with her. For me, the whole idea of being pegged is deeply rooted within a context of domination and submission. And that is a slow process with us. Maybe. Have a great day. I didn't respond. I was busy. And he wrote back again. Hello again. My wife and I wound up listening to your For the Ladies podcast together last week, and a lot of what you said seemed to resonate with her, moving in the right direction. We're going to start with just some ass play, and I have several toys she can use for that. Here's a question, though. A while back, I bought a Fieldo Slim, thinking that might be less intimidating to her than strapping something on. Further reading and listening to a few more of your podcasts has me second-guessing. Did I buy completely the wrong thing for her to learn with? Is there a way to make it work better, if so? We are both on the larger side, and she is fleshy in the front. Thank you. And I still had not responded, and he wrote back. 
Hello again. That last question has become moot in the best way possible. Your podcast number 112 made a bigger impression than I ever imagined with the wife. I mentioned to her that the fieldo might be the wrong thing, but I was looking into the equipment, and she told me she had already been doing her own research and had ordered a harness herself. No idea what she picked, but I'm looking forward to finding out. She has never bought a toy to use on me before in the 15 years we've been together. She and I are both expendable, oops, I mean essential workers, and I haven't signed up for a webinar yet. A little much-needed vacation time is coming up, so I'll check your schedule again. After the podcast effect, I'd really like to do the webinar with her. You are awesome. And then one more, (laughs) one more. And this is why I'm reading them all on the podcast, because I kind of feel bad. I keep meaning to respond to this lovely man, and I never got around to it. So here's his last message to me. Hello again. The wife and I were able to do the beginner's webinar together a few weeks ago, and courtesy of a possible COVID home quarantine, I did the equipment webinar this morning. She couldn't get away from work stuff, but I took some screenshots of the PowerPoint for her. Before I go running up the credit card bills, I figured I should contribute to the teacher, so I made a donation. What she bought was a Love Honey kit that doesn't look like it's going to work all that well, and you confirmed in the class that my field purchase was the wrong thing. I really wish I had found your site sooner. Hope you have a great day. So the reason I wanted to read all these was partly because, sir, I feel bad that I didn't respond. (laughs) It's crazy. Lots of weeks went by and it just was something that was off the radar for some reason. So I do apologize for that. But I love hearing the succession of your adventures and the succession of this path that you're now walking down with your wife. It's like, and so yesterday this happened. It was fascinating reading that and I thought my listeners would really enjoy it. This is a wonderful way to explore, is just to take it really slow. And sometimes you do end up buying the wrong equipment, even if it's some of the best equipment out there. Equipment can be a thing that you end up experimenting with and buying sometimes and saying, okay, now we know that that doesn't work for us. Let's try something else. The Fieldo, you could probably sell on the Reddit subgroup, Reddit used sex toys, and I will put a link for that in my Linkorama. I know it might squick some of you people out out there, but if you've got a brand new toy, especially if you've never ever used it, but even if you have, if it's this body safe, non-toxic silicone toy, you can absolutely sell it on that subreddit. So I'm going to put a link there just in case it's something you want to consider. And other people listening, that is a place where you can pick up some decent toys at a good price. Because this is an exploration thing. All bodies are different. I would say just go with her love, honey kid. See how that works. And then upgrade once you guys have gotten a little experience under your harness, so to speak. (laughs) Because if she can take the equipment webinar, that would be awesome. Because I think if she took it, She knows her body well, and also I talk about the bigger bodies and what equipment recommendations I have for the lovely large people out there. So that would be awesome. But of course, I am waiting on the edge of my seat here for you to write me and say, okay, play the music for us. (laughs) And by the way, thank you so much for that donation. That was very sweet of you. I really appreciate it. This is an email I got a long time ago, and I found it way back in my email collection. Every once in a while, I try and clean things out, and I come across something that just never got handled or never got read on my podcast, and I read through it and went, oh my God, this definitely needs to be read. Sometimes I think there's a timing for things, and I think that perhaps when I received this, I just wasn't ready to read it on my podcast. The title of it is called Chased Orgasms. I'm pretty sure my subject line is an oxymoron, but I suppose it depends on what you're intending to be chased from. For my keyholder wife and I, it is an intense erotic expression of my inability to perform PIV while locked and complete submission of my cock to her, but does not mean that I am to be denied orgasm. It certainly increases the amount of time required to reach orgasm, and the method used is, of course, far different. Like anything, the spectrum of ways chastity is enacted by its practitioners is broad. 
Some are quite jockish about it and love seeing their cocks swell against the bars of their cages, while others go full sissy and try and squeeze their clits into the smallest, most feminine device possible. Although I understand biologically that a penis is genuinely just a large clit created during sexual differentiation with the exact same cells, I still prefer to refer to mine as a cock, even if it is surrounded by lace and sheer fabric, to each their own. Now, as for long-term chastity, orgasm denial, and prostate health, I'm sure that there are some who could exercise long-term chastity with zero orgasms and have no problems with prostate cancer, just as there are outliers who smoke cigars non-stop and live to be a hundred without a speck of cancer as well. For me, though, the fun of chastity in a partnered relationship is the tease and denial and uses of different methods to get off, sometimes just mentally, but often physically too, which finally puts me to the point of orgasm. No, not that way. I'm not that easy. <laughs> there are many different ways to experience orgasm in chastity, just as in pegging or in any form of sexual activity, and I think this can be as much a revelation to the caged man as to the recently pegged man. The idea that a man is able to experience different forms of orgasm can be quite the mental leap when he has his first P-spot or hands-free orgasm from anal stimulation. In chastity play, a man can sample a few more forms of orgasm, and generally each one feels different from the other, especially when combined with the mental element that can be added. The gold standard orgasm for chastity play is the sissygasm, which is a hands-free wet orgasm achieved strictly from prostate stimulation while caged. There can be dry sissygasms as well, but blasting come from within the confines of a tight cage is really otherworldly and is why the wet version is at the top. The caged cock can also truly be treated as a clit by stimulating it with a vibrator, either as an edging activity or to completion, accompanied by anal play or not. Personally, I prefer a rumbling vibrator to the caged head and a healthy pounding from a dildo at the same time. I can have a few dry orgasms before a final mind-alteringly wet one. There are also orgasm forms that don't need a cage and may be used from a tease and denial aspect, but they are certainly more fun to me as pre- or post-caging activities. These orgasm forms are the ruined orgasm or stifled orgasm, each a little different from the other, but both are wet orgasms, although I have my own misgivings about the safety of the stifled version. There are as many different ways to play with chastity as one has the imaginative force to do so, and it can be a fantastic element to include with pegging, before pegging, after pegging, during any anal stimulation, or all by itself. My original intention to this message was to explain that there are ways to get prostate stimulation and exercise from within the confines of a chastity device, whether through direct prostate stimulation or truly wet orgasms. Chastity does not predispose an individual from seeking a healthy prostate. It just makes for a different type of journey to achieve healthy habits from inside the framework of a kinkier life. My wife and I do not practice super long-term chastity play, and I am very much not a doctor, but I am sure that there are ways for individuals to keep their bits and pieces safe and healthy with the right amount of care and attention. At the outset of my personal chastity journey, my wife expressed a concern for the health of my cock, and I reassured her that I loved my penis as much but likely more than she did, and had more of a vested interest in keeping it safe than anyone else. I have spent many hours searching the internet for actual facts concerning the health of chastity, and more than anything can come up with no conclusive evidence that there should be any ill effects if practiced in a thoughtful manner. My metal cock cage even offers me an extra bit of safety and protection. Out on the job site, I think of it as a steel-toed boot for my dick, although I don't mention it in my daily safety report. Haha. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for your insight. And this was written by Pegging is Electric, who contributed quite often to my podcast back in the day. Because for those of you who have listened to a lot of my podcasts, I have an absolutely an erotic fascination with chastity, and I've played a little bit with it 
But there's always that part of me in the back of my head that knows that the prostate needs to be emptied out regularly to be a healthy prostate. This is why when I encountered this email and read it through, I thought, oh my goodness, why would I not read this on my podcast? But I think I hadn't got there in my willingness to take a deeper look, so to speak, at chastity play and cages. Well, I am absolutely there now, and I can't tell you, pegging is electric, how thankful I am that you wrote this up in such great detail, because it is very much reassuring that a healthy prostate can be maintained through chastity play. I'm going to put a couple of links to chastity devices (laughs) in the linkorama, one of them is pretty much the most common chastity cage on sale, the most, the one that people like the best. I, it's a metal cage. And the other is a metal device that locks over your cock and is app-controlled. I kid you not. It can be locked and unlocked at distance. This is the Cellmate. I've talked about it a bit recently because it is a fairly new product on the market and I'm also going to put a link to the review done by these two guys who were looking at distance type of products. They are a couple and they're looking at distance type products because of the quarantine so I'll put a link for that as well. So there you go. Thank you so much for this and for those of you who have that fascination with chastity play. This explains a lot, and I love that it is so detailed from your perspective. This is the perspective I didn't have and didn't know. And this has happened before when someone wrote a letter to me and said, you don't understand why chastity would go with pegging or why guys would like chastity. Well, here's all the reasons. And that was a fantastic letter as well, so I'm going to put a link to that. There were so many things I had never even considered. So thank you, chastity. Yay. As a matter of fact... I am talking with a potential new playmate, and he already has chastity cages. And what we're doing is developing this way to play where he will put his chastity cage on, lock the lock, and then there will be a special box that he puts the key in. And I am going to have sent to him a special lock that I can control and give him a combination to get out of. I will put the link to that lock in the locker in the lockerama. Listen to me. <laughs> I will put the link to that lock in the linkorama as well. It is not exactly app controlled, but you'll see. It requires some research. They have what they call smart locks, and yes, this could be some fun during quarantine. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Yes, Ruby is all thrilled about chastity. Thank you, Pegging is Electric. Thank you, thank you. This was a post on Reddit, and I enjoyed it so much I asked for permission to read it on here. The title was, I used to be scared of pegging, but now I adore it. I have always had an interest in femdom and bondage, but lately my views have evolved as now I am more open to certain activities that used to hold no interest for me. One of those fetishes is pegging. It used to make me nervous, but now I love it. Watching porn has really opened my eyes to how romantic it can be. The way she ties his hands behind his back and bends him over before she takes his ass. The way she kisses his shoulders and whispers in his ear. The way she holds him close pinning him to the bed underneath her weight as her cock is wedged inside his butt. And I can't get enough of the facial expressions and moaning, the look of total submissiveness on his face and how he softly moans uncontrollably, the look of power and lust on her face as her breathing becomes heavy and she keeps thrusting and thrusting until she totally breaks him down. There is also a sort of special erotic humiliation and romantic vibe to the whole thing. I could ramble on and on, but yeah, I now really, really love pegging. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I thought you all would enjoy this, so I'm very thankful to the writer of it who allowed me to use it here. There you go. Here's my next one. Subject is pegging slut. (laughs) I've been pegged by a few girlfriends in the past. It has turned me into a complete anal slut. I have purchased many toys to pleasure myself with on a regular basis. I randomly luck out and find a female to peg me, but so many want nothing to do with it. I have even carried a strap-on with me in my vehicle in case I find a female. I have once before had a female peg me in a dark parking lot. 
I enjoy being treated like a slut and fucked in my ass by random females. My question to you is, do you have any recommendations on how to present my fetish to females that will possibly get more of them interested? Thank you for all that you do. Your podcasts are anally stimulating to me on a regular basis. I love them, and I love your voice. It would be fun to be your anal slut. Sincerely, Slut Boy. P.S. I would love to contribute pictures for your website if you want. Slut Boy. Right out of the gate, I am going to take you to task. For your short comment at the end, it would be fun to be your anal slut. That is called sexualizing me. Let me educate you. Sexualizing a person is when they're a stranger to you, you don't know them, but you make a comment that basically intimates that you and them could be having sex, something sexual. So basically what you're doing is saying, hey, you know, I'd really like to do this with you. Hey, you could do this with me. Hey, it'd be great if you did that to me, this kind of thing. Or even, wow, I wish I lived in California so that you and I could get it on, something like that. So here's the deal. That is not okay. It's not okay because you and I are strangers. I may not feel like a stranger to you because you're enjoying my podcast and you're having a good time with them. So I may feel like something a little bit different than a stranger, but I really am still a stranger. And also, you may have become emboldened to write that because I am so open about sexuality. Of course I am. I'm a sex educator. So you may have felt that you could be open about sexuality too. And you can. Here is where you need to draw the line. You can tell me stories about being a slut boy. You can talk about how much you would love to be fucked by random women. You can tell me all kinds of things. But the moment that you step over the line and include me in those sentences and me in those fantasies, it's not okay. Because we're strangers and you don't know me and it's rude. So there you go. Now, I'm reading it on the podcast not to embarrass you. I'm reading it on the podcast to educate you and also to provide an opportunity for my listeners to see where that line really needs to be drawn. For all of you receivers out there, please do not sexualize people. And for you givers, stand up for yourself when someone sexualizes you. It's not okay. Here's how it feels the vast majority of time to receive a comment like that uncomfortable and creepy. And I know that that was not your intent. So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, and I am going to put a link in the Linkorama about sexualization because I wrote a piece about it. Let me get on to the rest of your message. And please take a deep breath and let go of any embarrassment or, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And she's put me on the carpet and, you know, shouting in my ear about it and giving me a hard time. We're done with that. It's okay. So now let's talk about the rest of this. So here's the deal. I totally appreciate that you are an anal slut and that your fetish is to be fucked by random women. This doesn't happen easily unless you pay for it. That's the reality. Because when you approach women as fetish dispensers, which is kind of what you're doing, and I get why you're doing it because you crave it so much, and that is your fetish, is to be fucked by random women. Awesome. But that's a hard thing to do because... Typically, for the majority of people who engage in pegging, it is something more intimate and connected. It is something normally done within the context of a couple. It is not normally something done in a hookup manner. So you could try your luck on Tinder and flat out put out there that you are into pegging, that you would love to do pegging hookups. And you might want to also put on that profile that you are totally open to teaching a new partner how to do pegging because there are absolutely givers out there who are kind of interested in it. But navigating the field of men who come across as desperate for pegging can be overwhelming. And sometimes it's fun just to have somebody that goes, oh yeah, I'm totally uh, experienced in this and I will show you how to do this to me. That could get you a response But the reality of the situation is it's not easy and it's probably never going to be easy unless you pay for it. Because it does feel on the giver's side of things as if we're being approached as a fetish dispenser. So you need to ask yourself here, what do we get out of it? Because are there women who absolutely love fucking men with a strap on? Of course there are and I'm one of them. 
but do I answer ads or approach guys in bars and take them home and have one night stands and do and fuck their ass? No, I don't. I develop relationships with people and then I fuck their ass because I enjoy it a whole lot more because my thing is connection. So it's possible that you might find more of a receptive audience if you go to fetlife.com, F is in Frank ET, life life.com. I think where you would have the most success is when things stop being pandemic and COVID lockdown oriented, munches will resume. The word munch is just an interesting and strange word that the people in the kink community have decided to call their meetings and not their playtimes, their meetings out in public. For example, I lead a munch in Thousand Oaks. That's a pegging theme to munch. So what do we do with this? We go to a restaurant. We have a private room. We eat. We talk. We talk about pegging. We talk about anything we want. And that's it. It's socializing. There's no play. There's no dressing up in um, fetish wear. None of that. It's basically socializing. So that's how you get to know people in the fetish community. The nice thing about socializing with people at these munches is that they're typically so much more open to talking about sex, basically, and to talking about their fetishes. So when you find a community like that and you get to know them, okay, you get to know the people, perhaps you become known as the guy who always volunteers for the parties to help out and clean up and what have you. You become known as the nice guy and you do not walk around and ask every woman there if she will fuck you. The only thing that you do is talk about what your fetishes are when you are asked. Otherwise, you're a pain in the ass guy who won't leave the women alone because he just wants to get fucked. So watch your behavior when you go to these. But what happens eventually is you get a bunch of friends and you get a bunch of people who trust you. People engaging in alternative forms of sexuality that carry with it taboo and perhaps some shame and risk and things like that, it makes it easier to engage in these explorations into different kink things if you get to know people first. And that's what munches are for. Because that way you get to know people that keep showing up every month and you develop a community. And sooner or later, Perhaps one of the women there will think, oh, I really wanted to do this pegging thing, but I'm not really sure who to do this with because I don't really have a partner. And someone in your community will say, hey, that dude over there, he always likes being fucked by women. I'm pretty sure he would be open to having that experience with you and showing you the ropes. And that happens, you guys. That totally happens. But there's no magic formula. There really isn't. So I've answered your question to the best of my ability. I do hope it was helpful in some sense. I wish I had a magic wand for you and that I could make a magic place where there were lots of women, random women, strangers who just wanted to fuck you in cars and parking lots. (laughs) It's a hot fantasy, I have to say. It's a very hot fantasy. But in reality, yeah, it doesn't happen so much. Thank you so much for the letter. Good luck to you, slut boy. Good luck to you. So I think we're done here, everybody. Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blog, podcast, my erotica, and pegging101.com is where you can find all my informational articles only with no kink attached. My podcasts are available through a variety of podcast downloader apps, including Spotify, pretty much all of them. Whatever your favorite is, is bound to have my podcast. The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram, all that stuff. Please remember, if you order some sexy new toys from Entice Me, use the coupon code WRITER for free shipping of your entire purchase. Send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too beautiful, too bodacious, or too beleaguering. Not sure what that last one applies to, but that's okay. Just came off my tongue and I'm going to stick with it. Many listeners are going to learn along with you. So please don't be shy. Throw those questions in my mailbox. Or you can record a voice message for me on your phone and send me the audio clip. And I will play it on the air. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, everybody. You rock. Hashtag no shame.